When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, people? Welcome to the Hows and Growls show. As usual, I'm your host, Jake Painting, from the Hows and Growls newsletter. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Canis Hoopus and the good folks at SB Nation. Today, we're going to be chatting with Cooper Carlson from Timberwolves Daily on YouTube. If you do know him, if you don't, check him out. Um, this podcast was originally filmed and recorded for his podcast, so I'm just kind of adding this little insert here to introduce it as my show as well. We're, we're kind of doing a crossover and we will be doing it throughout the season. So hopefully you enjoy it, but obviously it will sound a little bit different because he's kind of running the show as the interviewer. Uh, so again, hopefully you enjoy this conversation. We're going to touch on our preseason winners and losers and our awards winners or our awards predictions for the for the season upcoming. So yeah, let's get right into it. All right, hello everybody, Timberwolves Daily YouTube channel here with Jake Painting today to talk about all things Timberwolves, winners, losers of the preseason, and then maybe awards predictions at the end. It's going to be a lot of fun. Jake, one of the smartest Timberwolves media members around. Going to be great, great Substack, great rebranded podcast. Jake, how are you? How's Timberwolves stuff going for you? Shout yourself out. How's it going? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you for having me back on the show. Um, and things are going good, you know. It's the start of the season. Everyone's excited. There's no limits to all the possibilities, which is good. The, the best part, <laughs> I, I feel like, about preseason is that everyone thinks that the Wolves are going to win 55 games, me included. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. until we until we see otherwise, that we can all be, be really happy. So I'm excited. As you said, um, you know, I've got the Substack going, the newsletter. So, housandbrows.substack.com um, if you want to check that out, daily kind of uh, content and newsletters and then the podcast as well um, at Canis Hoopus. So if you just kind of type in Canis Hoopus, if you've heard of that, the obviously the, the SB Nation website, um, type that in on, on your Apple or your Spotify or whatever podcast thing you use and, you know, you can, you can find me talking to myself or talking to guys like you over there. So. <laughs> I'm excited, man. I'm excited to do this show, and I'm excited to kind of be back in the in the grind of things. Yeah, and we haven't talked since the Gobert trade, but just seeing on Twitter, there weren't many that were more optimistic about this whole thing than you. Mm. And I mean, mm. me included. I think this is going to be great. Obviously, yesterday's game, we'll just throw that away. But uh, yeah, no, <laughs> for now, I don't no. even know what you. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> was, was there a game yesterday? <laughs> no, it's great. But I remember seeing you. It was I was you know like great because I consider you. What you say, I'm like, yeah, he's right. So it was cool to see you're super optimistic for the most part. I mean, just to throw it back to when that trade, I guess, went down, everything that happened. For me, my initial reaction was like, shit, because I saw everything. Like, I just saw the package, right? Yeah, I just saw yeah. 8,000 picks and 800 players. And I was like, 
what is this new Connolly guy doing with my Timberwolves? But after about three hours, it was like, okay, 50 wins or more. And I'm super optimistic. I think this team can be really good. National media disagrees, which is really annoying, but it is what and it unsurpri- is. Unsurprising. Yeah, I mean, shocking, I've said right? before, you know, you throw Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns onto the same team, two guys who are kind of perennially underrated yeah. by national media, then it's not going to look good at, at the moment, but they have to prove that... Totally. They, you know, can win. I was actually on holiday when when the trade came through, and obviously I'm in Australia, and I was in Australia on holiday, but um, on the other side of Australia, and I was asleep in a yeah. in a you know a hundred degree room in the morning, <laughs> and I woke up covered in sweat, and I see this uh, Woj um, tweet, and man, uh, that was a strange holiday morning because I was up and <laughs> pacing around on the patio kind of firing yeah. off tweets and, and trying to wrap my head around it. So uh, that's one of those things I think in Timberwolves lore that, you know, you'll kind of remember where you were, whether yeah. it works out good or it works out disastrous. It, it's one of those things that I remember the Jimmy Butler trade the same kind of yeah. way. So, um, it's exciting. I mean, it's exciting to be relevant, even if there is a chance that that relevancy is... Uh, because the, it is a disaster. And, you know, sure. I prefer that to, than to just be a cellar dweller every season that ha- has no relevancy. We've been through that, right? I think yeah, I think yeah. we're good without that now. Yeah, it's about yeah. time we flip the script on the NBA. I'm excited for the season. I think the Wolves are going to be... I think they're going to be really good. I think the national media is wrong, the whole collective for the most part. I think we're right. We may be just super optimistic, super homers, but I don't really care. I don't care. think I've ever thought I've been wrong, though, until I am <laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> but speaking of us being right, we're going to go over who we think the winners and losers of the preseason are. And, I mean, going through the list, there's. I was optimistic about it because going through the losers, I guess, it's just a kind of a mean term, but you know what it is, yeah. it is what it is. I wasn't really in the starting lineup at all. I wasn't like Jaden McDaniels. It was more just like guys who are going to lose playing time because other guys simply rose above them. Like, it wasn't... We didn't see many bad performances. We did see some good ones. So, overall, just going through the list, I mean, do you have trouble finding winners or losers? Uh, I I had a... uh, Again, this is going to sound overly optimistic, probably, but I did have trouble finding losers that I... Yeah, like you said, that I felt were were fair to call losers. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone really played terribly i mean they won four of the games and the the last game was obviously the weird the weird kind of starting five collective game trying to figure things out but i just think that overall there was uh minor imperfections rather than actual flaws um Mm -hmm. in terms of players or game style and that's again you always have to caveat with the with the fact that it's preseason and you can't it's hard it's hard to um take sweeping declarations from preseason, but I found it easier to find winners than losers. 100%, me too. Which is a very good thing, of course. And yeah. Preseason, man, it's just, I mean, preseason's great and all at the beginning. Like, it's great in concept, but by game four and five, oh, it's like... Oh, it's too shit. long, man. Yeah, There's 82 went, yeah, games in the tough. season. Yeah. 82 games in the season. <laughs> and they make you, you know, play five preseason games over two weeks. And yep. they've got the team on the road for four of those games. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, for me, I guess I don't know what it looked like for you, but like a 9.30 start for game three of the preseason for me. Are you kidding me? Just put the no, Wolves no, see, that, against... Those games are good for me. Those games are, I like, The late games are about 1, <laughs> 1 to 2 p.m. here. And the, oh, it's terrible. The normal games are around, I guess, like this time that we're doing this, which is about 11 a.m. So that's 
that's I'd prefer it later in the day because then I don't you know have more time to prepare and or if I'm at work in the morning sure. I can um, come home and watch the game. But I for the, I, yeah I'm the opposite to you guys. Whereas I know you are all you know burning the midnight oil trying, <laughs> to, trying to watch like a Lakers like yep. Jay like Jay Huff from the Lakers in the fourth quarter. Matt Ryan, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I mean, all right, all right. When I say preseason winner for the Timberwolves, let's just start here. Who's the first name that you thought of initially? Uh, Kyle Anderson is the guy that comes okay. to my mind immediately. Um, I mean, I, I think I came into the preseason super high on him. I'd done a, vid- like a video on him before, so I'd, I'd watched a lot of Memphis games and a lot of his possessions. So I came in pretty high on him, but I leave thinking there's no way he's not like the undisputed uh, best player or best, most impactful player coming off the bench this season. Um, I just think he's the perfect fit. Like He does so many things well. And I think he, he really showed in those final two games that if he can just like score a few of those weird gangly buckets that he that he scores, then he provides such immense overall value to the team. Obviously, like it's just preseason, but I think he finished every game with a net rating above plus ten. Um, finished with a plus sixteen net rating for the entirety of the preseason, plus thirty two, plus minus. Um, Again, preseason stats don't mean very much, but like, it, it it's all shows we got. That, yeah, it's all we have, <laughs> and it shows that he like even even in that last game where the Wolves everything was kind of chaotic. I thought that he was just like this yeah. calming presence, and every time he was on the floor, the Wolves would just just feel different. And I don't think that's a knock on you know the the fit between other guys. I think that's just Kyle Anderson as a player. Um, no matter what lineup he comes into, he kind of just makes it better in his own weird way, and. I mean, he plays with pace, which I thought was the most surprising thing. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, the pace seems to get jacked up when he's on the floor, and he's obviously moving at a snail's pace. But it's just like, <laughs> it makes no sense, yeah. Yeah, but he he pushes the pace in, even though he's a slow kind of mover. So, um, super impressed with him. I I, I think that he's going to be really important. He he's been playing point guard on yeah, offense for yep. big stretches, and then he plays as a wing defender, like he was guarding LeBron and guarding Kevin Durant. And then he rebounds like a big as well. Like he actually is in, like he's actually a really good rebounder and a really good guy who like, like a box out kind of guy. So I think if you get that whole package of a guy who really is spreading across all five positions in some role or another, you get a really impactful player. And a guy that I think leaving this preseason, Chris Finch is probably, I think Chris Finch was probably always going to have him as a favorite when it came into the, because I think Finch loves those kind of players, but even more so now that we've seen him play really good basketball in the preseason. And he didn't score for like the first three games and he was still really good right. every game. Mm. So, you know, if you get a little bit of scoring from him and add it to all that other stuff that he does, then it's a really good player. So so he's my first winner. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, what stuck out to me just immediately first game, of course, him bringing the ball up, but just the overall versatility on both sides of the ball. He's guarding anyone, like you mentioned. Like, they had Ant on LeBron, they had Ant on Kevin Durant, but as soon as Kyle Anderson entered the game, it was pretty much his assignment. Yeah. Bringing yeah. the ball up the court, like, he can play a small ball five. If the Wolves are going against five out, they need Towns at the center, he's the four. Like, they've got things to make this work. I really like what Kyle Anderson brings, and he's just a stabilizing force to a bench that, while I'm really high on the bench, I think there's definite question marks. Like, McLaughlin, love the guy, but first time as a true backup point guard. No Beverly, no Rubio, like big role there noel like yes fun but first time as having as big of a role as he's gonna have 
Nas Reed. I mean, the bench, it's, it's a weird bench considering Gobert and Towns. We don't know how it's all going to play out, but Anderson's yeah. just a nice stabilizing force who does everything really, I mean, really well. So, yeah, yeah you, like, excited I think to, to that point is you know, you know what you're going to get from him. And, mm-hmm. <clears throat> sorry. And that, um, that is important because, like you said, you don't really know what you're going to get from all these other guys. So, True. if you get what Kyle Anderson has done for the last eight years, then you know you, you're pretty happy with with <laughs> what he provides. Whereas every other guy could be a pretty big variance night to night between what we hope they're going to be and what they are now, and also what they could be if things go wrong. So, Anderson's just like a a flat line, you know, there's no roller coaster. Right, right. Yeah, and he's someone you don't really appreciate until he's on your team. At least for me, like, during the Memphis series watching him, it was obvious how much he was impacting that bench unit and everything, but when he's actually here, when he's on the Wolves, it's just much more apparent what he brings to this team. This yeah, team. yeah. And yeah, veterans traded away in the Gobert trade, like, there, there was a hole there. They have no depth, as says everyone ever. Well, they do, and Kyle Anderson is at the forefront of that. So yeah, Definitely one of the winners for me as well. And just Wolves fans getting to see him for the first time, getting to know what exactly he's going to bring. And he he's not, I don't know, he can kind of play with anyone. Like, he's not really matchup-based mm-hmm. by any yeah. means. Like, whatever lineup, you can stick him at the four, the three, the five, you know, whatever. And he's going to make it work. Yeah. Maybe not elite, of course, but stabilizing and solid overall. So Kyle Anderson, someone I'm very, very excited to see. I'll get the next one, unless you have any more notes on Anderson. No, here. no, no. Who, no, who'd you have? I, my <clears> first one, although he didn't play at the end, I think that even up to stock more. Jordan McLaughlin, he didn't play. Yep. He maybe, I don't think he's, is he dealing with an injury or was it just like? I think it was rest? just rest, which yeah. is a weird guy to rest, but. Yeah, and, and we saw, I mean, it kind of showed in the last game. I think McLaughlin's a winner because of how much he's needed for this second unit just to run the offense. Like if McLaughlin was playing in that, the final game with Gobert and everyone else, I think he can inject some life into this offense, some ball movement that was seriously missing. We saw in the first few preseason games, I'm higher than most on Jordan McLaughlin. Like, I think he's going to be really, really solid as this team's backup point guard. The pace he plays with, I think he's an underrated defender per 36 over two steals. Like, he comes in and he's on both ends. Like, he's just fast. He's solid. He pays, plays with pace, which is a complete change from what you kind of get with D'Angelo Russell a lot. Not that that's a terrible thing. Finch loves him. Like, if you ask Chris Finch about him, he'll talk for 30 minutes about how much he loves Jordan McLaughlin. Ask any player how much they like Jordan McLaughlin. Anthony Edwards today, after the game yesterday, said they just missed him a ton. Like, guys love McLaughlin. He gets the ball to wide open guys. Or guys that aren't wide open, they just somehow creates open looks. He's got great court vision, and I think he's really underrated. I mean, as a shooter, he's got some deficiencies, but he certainly improved towards the latter half of the season last year. So, Jordan, I mean, I'm just a huge fan of Jordan McLaughlin. Loves love yeah. what he brings for this. And I think next to Rudy Gobert, even, he's going to look yeah. really good. Yeah. Sorry, my this clearing of my throat is me just dealing with, like, the, the remnants of tonsillitis. So, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, my, no problem. My voice is a little bit weird. But um, <laughs> I had Jordan McLaughlin down as well because... I mean, you just pretty much mirrored everything that I that I think about him on this team, and that I think about him as a whole for, for as a player. I think Jordan McLaughlin is awesome, dude. Like, yeah, I, I think he's watching. super, and like the team is so much better when he's on the court, and not better because Delo's off the court or someone's off the court. Better just because that's what he does. Like, he doesn't have the three point yeah. shot to 
to win you games. He doesn't get to the rim a lot. He can get to the rim because he's fast and he can finish there considering how small he is. But his main like skill set is that everyone just seems to play better when he's on the floor. And that, you know, is the the biggest reason for me why he's so important. I don't I think there was some question marks whether he would, you know, end up being out of the rotation, whether someone else would take his spot. Austin Rivers is obviously here now. PJ Dozier was here before he got cut today, who's another guy who's played point guard on good teams around around, you know, big men like Talented Towns and Nikola Jokic. Um Bryn Forbes is a guy who you could probably put in a two a two man backcourt with Jalen Noel, and you'd get enough kind of ball handling there. But Jordan McLaughlin is awesome, so I don't even <laughs> see I don't see the reason why you'd need that. Like I think last night would have went so much better if they had had him out there to steady the ship when everything was just a little clunky. Because that's kind of the space that he thrives in, I think. That you know, yeah. when everything is when everything's bogged down, he was just he just runs fast, he runs pick and rolls quickly, he makes the right read quickly. Like <clears throat> as you said, it's not just being a fast player, it's making fast decisions and, and injecting that pace into everything he does. And that kind of gives no one does that. No one else does it that on the team. Everyone on this team is quite slow and they, they play with pace and they get out in transition, but like there's no other player who I would say plays quickly you know anthony edwards can run fast but he plays slow he's an isolation yeah. guy like Carlton towns is a slow player rudy gobert obviously d'angelo <laughs> russell obviously like but mclaughlin is such a different aspect to this team that they don't have and i think such an important one yeah he changes the entire offense when he's on the floor just with his pace of play because you mentioned like they got slow players. They have a guy nicknamed Slow Mo on the team. Like, yeah, I didn't even a, mention him when right, I mentioned all the right. slow dudes as well. Like, that's how slow they are. Yeah, it's not a fast team. So when McLaughlin's in, like, the defense opposing the Wolves has to completely shift because it's just a whole new thing. So the contrast between him and Russell, it's interesting. Like, everyone mentions the Gobert Towns contrast, too. Like, they got the center and the point guard contrast. I think that's really interesting. I think McLaughlin is going to play with Gobert well. He got him his first points in oh, preseason. Yeah. The McLaughlin yeah, to go bear pick and roll. That's I mean, if nice. you play well with Nas Reed in the pick and roll, I think you can deal with <laughs> Rudy Gobert, you know? Yeah, yeah you, should, you can make that work, yeah. But yeah, that's my first one, McLaughlin. I'm, we could talk about him for 40 minutes, but... <laughs> yeah, who's, we could do a whole podcast, but I don't know if the people would want to hear us talk about McLaughlin <laughs> for an hour. Um, I definitely could. So my next one was McLaughlin, but I'll move on to sure. my third one, which was uh, Anthony Edwards' defense. I know that's... Mm. kind of cheating but um no that's good there were obviously some shape there were obviously some shaky moments offensively apart from that first game um and it really seemed like he was just cruising through some bored. of those games offensively yeah bored and you know by game three or four i was bored as well yeah, so same. I don't blame <laughs> him. but um we know what he can do as a scorer and we and as an isolation kind of offensive hub so i don't think anyone's worried about whether Anthony Edwards can figure that out. But I thought his defense was superb. I think he probably put together three of his top five or six defensive performances ever in these five preseason games. And, I mean, he's been uh, below average, but I wouldn't say a terrible defender for his career, especially last season. I thought he was okay. Um, So that's not a really, really low bar that he had to clear to put together those three or four really great performances. But 
And I think I think it's saying something that those games come in games that don't really matter at all in the grand scheme of things. I think that all that effort that we kind of didn't see offensively, we saw it all defend, defensively. And um, maybe that was a point of of emphasis for the team and for Finch to to be like, well, just focus on your defense for the for the preseason. You're obviously a great offensive player, but we want to see you do more on defense. And I think he really did. I mean, we, we saw the the highlight plays on 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 KD or on Kyrie, um, but all throughout the preseason, we've seen stuff that was just underneath that highlight level, but certainly enough to make him like a really impactful defender. Um, he's been getting through screens really well. He has been staying attached to the hip on guys in that in the pick and roll, which is going to be really important when they start playing drop coverage um, consistently with Gobert on the floor. It's something that the Wolves never had with with Cat when they played drop coverage. So, um, and he's been really good off ball as well. I know he said that he he stinks off ball the other day in his <laughs> in his um, pregame um, presser, but I've been impressed by the with, with how attentive he's been and how alert and how he's for the most part. There's still been some some iffy moments and some video game lag moments where he just kind of doesn't move and his guys <laughs> already gone. Um, but I've been really impressed with how he's been making pre-rotations, been making rotations, really seems to have bought into the scheme, even if it is a new scheme. Um, I'm not sure if they played drop at Georgia, so maybe he might have played a little bit of this before. I assume they probably did because most college teams play drop. So, um, But I think he's bought into it, and I think he really enjoys the challenge of taking guys on one-on-one and being the guy who gets the crowd on their feet for a defensive stop. I mean, you heard the, the crowd last night when he when he locked yeah. down Kyrie was like as loud as if he got a dunk. So, um, and I think he feeds off that. I think he's an entertainer. So, yep. you know, he feeds off the the crowd's cheers and the jeers. So, um, I, I think that Anthony Edwards' defense is a massive stock up. And while his offense, you know, in, in context of it, just the preseason and how it's looked would be a stock down. Um, we trust him to get better offensively, but I don't know if I've ever trusted him to do what he's done defensively, you know, this consistent throughout a five games stretch. So, yep, super impressed with Anthony Edwards' defense. Yeah, me too for that. I mean, for sure. Something that sticks out to me about his defense, it's just ever since media day or even before that, it's been clear how locked in, how attentive, how much he wants to be a good defender. I think he's thrived on people calling him in the past like a terrible defender, a bad defender. I think he's taken that kind of as a chip on his shoulder and wanted to become, as he says all the time, all NBA best defender in the league, which that'd be great. But like, yeah, if he can just be really solid, like I think he will be, that's going to be a lot of fun. And he's, I mean, in media and stuff, he says he focuses on defense a ton. He's been really in on it when it was kind of, I mean, it was funny. He was asked like, what do you do to practice defense? And he was like, I don't know how. I just put in more effort. Funny guy, but... <laughs> and then you ask Noel, and he's like, 20 he's minutes of drills. Given, yeah. I don't think he's ever given a real answer. I think he I've, kind of... Yep, that's why I love his interviews. He just says stuff. The, oh, yeah, yeah, he just enjoys throwing everyone off the trail, I think. 100%, yep. Yeah, watch any interview, and you're just, just kind of like, what do you... Do you he know what you're talking anything? about? Like, Yeah, dude, he, yeah. He, he says a lot and never really says anything, which exactly. is good, because he, does it, he yep. does it in a way that's like filled with personality Charming, but right it's, it, yeah it's kind of a smart way to deal with the media 100 percent, 100 percent. so i like what he does there and it's i mean in the stuff he does say like it's clear he wants to be a good defender and we're seeing it in preseason like the offense 
it was pretty lazy. Like, he it, he was just lazy for the most part, not moving off ball, not really finishing at all at the rim the last few games. Three ball just short. Kind of lazy offense, but maybe, I mean, maybe there was just some of that that he tried so hard, put so much effort in on the defensive end that it was just like, he knows, we know, he's going to be a superstar on the offensive end. Like, yeah. he was just really trying. Preseason was for him to maybe just practice the defense, so... Glad he did. Hopefully the offense picks up. Hopefully he doesn't just wear himself out on the defensive end consistently yeah. so he can't score, but that's not a concern of mine right now. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, I think he's looked really solid on the defensive end. Very excited to see where he can go from here. And the Wolves are going to need it. I mean, obviously he's said he wants to be guarding the best player on the floor for the opponent. Best ball handler, point of attack defender. So, And we saw that in preseason. We saw him guarding KD, Kyrie, locking him down a lot, so... I mean, his role, it's not like he's just in the D'Angelo Russell role, no offense, d where you just kind of hide him a lot, have him like, play the quarterback no. role sometimes, but no, not anymore, he's right in the thick not of with, it. Not without Patrick Beverly exactly. and Jared Vanderbilt. Yep. It's, Gotta you know, step up. Lot, that's one of my biggest concerns, I think, for the team, that that was going to go awry without, with just Jaden McDaniels there, who's obviously really good, but foul-prone. Um, but if Anthony Edwards defends like he has in this preseason, then a lot of those issues are negated. Yep, yep, for sure. I mean, obviously, they're going to miss those guys, but having Ant on the team, McDaniels should help make up for it. But I'll yeah. move on then to my um, next winner. And, we, you know, we've kind of mentioned Beasley and stuff, missing the veterans here. And a guy that's really stepped up in that role of just being a shooter, I'm sure you know where this is going, Bryn Forbes stepped in, shot extremely well. Like, I was... I didn't know if Bryn Forbes was going to be on this team. I kind of just looked at him as the guy, the 12th guy that can come in and shoot a few threes once in a while, maybe. And he he impressed. He looked like, I mean, he looked like he knew he might not make the team. So he just came in and yeah. shot every three he could, hoped it'd go in. And they did. A couple and one three-pointers, too. Like, he was rolling. Looked really good. I thought moving off of screens off ball, getting himself open, which was impressive. I mean, the Wolves could use a consistent three-point shooter. Beasley last year was... He was an interesting case because he dealt with a lot in the offseason, never really got his legs under him. He had nice stretches, but weird player last year. Obviously consistent the year prior, but yeah, Wolves could use a guy like Bryn Forbes. I'm not sure like where he fits, but Finch is going to have one million different lineups rotation, so they'll find a way. We'll see. I mean, Bryn Forbes, I'm assuming he rose for you as well, but I still don't know. Like, Does he have a carved out role? Yeah, well, he definitely rose for me because I mean, how how couldn't you? How he looked yeah. so he looked he like you said he looked like a Beasley for you know um, on yeah. a minimum contract, and yep. that's that would have made Malik Beasley's flaws a lot easier to stomach if he wasn't getting paid fifteen million dollars a year. So, um, I mean, I'm I'm right there with you. Honestly, I'm confused on what his role is going to be because you need a player like that. Like players like that are not players who shouldn't be in the mm-hmm. lineup like you know getting at least 10 15 minutes a game i mean every good team in the league has a, a an actual sharp shooter whose role is it to be a designated shooter i mean you look at you know max Struess and duncan robinson and you know when Bryn forbes with the with the bucks um cam johnson for the for the suns yeah. um you know these guys are really important and Obviously, there is the flaws that he's not a great defender. I mean, I think he had one assist in the preseason, and he played a lot of minutes. Like, <laughs> so he he really is like Malik Beasley. Right. Like, he, yep. you know, he, well, I always say he can shoot, and really, that's what you sign him for, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. You sign and, him to shoot, and 
that can be, you know, troublesome in some games. But in other games, like, having a guy who can just hit three threes, three out of five for the night, and that's all he does, yeah. um, is super important, especially when you've got Gobert and Towns and Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell guys who want to kind of penetrate into inside the three-point arc and then move the ball out. Um, I think Bryn Forbes will probably, if he doesn't start in the rotation, which, I mean, if I had to bet, I would say he probably doesn't just because he doesn't have the... I think when, like, the... start in the starting five, I was like, what? No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yeah, but I'm I probably you, not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think if he's not in that 10-man rotation, then he probably will be at some point. I think he's, like, right on the cusp. If Torian Prince has, you know, a seven-game stretch, if he, that he's not very good, or if Jordan McLaughlin is like he is at the start of last season, um, oh, yeah, if Jalen Noel's defense is at the point where, you know, Chris Finch is tearing his hair out, then I think that, that Bryn <laughs> Put Forbes Put a known defender, be. Bryn Forbes, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, or if the three-point shooting in general. I yeah. mean, the three-point shooting has been down for the, the preseason. Again, preseason weirdness. But like the three-point shooting has been down in volume and percentage pretty heavily in the preseason. So, you know, and that's with Bryn Forbes playing. So maybe True. if maybe they'll go through them first seven games or whatever it is against pretty poor teams. And they'll come out of it thinking we still need more shooting. And that might be when Forbes kind of gets injected in there. So... I don't know. I'm really, intri- I'm really intrigued to see how things work out with him because out of all the guys who I would have predicted to not be in the rotation to start the season, he's definitely the guy who I think might be now. You know? Yeah. What about Nas Reed? Oh, Nas Reed. <laughs> oh you're not I a Nas fan, actually, are you? I'm not I, a Nas fan, but I forget I, I mean, about I, that. I am a Nas like hopeful fan. You know, okay. I, I want Nas to be good. Um, I want it, I want anyone. The shiver that ran through your body when I said Nas Reed. <laughs> <laughs> I want everyone on the team to be good. I don't think Nas Reed is a very good fit on this team because sure. I think he's a great fit. I think he's a great fit for preseason because he's a great fit against third stringers and he's a great yep. fit against bad second stringers. I just don't know if you know you want to play a guy say 12, 15 minutes a night when I'm. I'm almost positive he can't play in the playoffs. And well, when we kind of saw that. Yeah, I mean, he was he was awful in the playoffs yeah. last season, and <laughs> a lot of you know a lot of those bench guys were, to be fair. Um, but that's what happens in the playoffs, and I know that there are guys who were just regular season players, and that's a thing around the league. But like when you have two of the best centers in the NBA, Kyle Anderson, who I think can comfortably pay back up five when teams want to go small. Um, and, you know, a bevy of big wings. I just don't see why, why Nas Reed should be in the rotation. Not not why he is on the roster or why, you know, he's in the NBA. It's not. I, I know that he has talent and I know that in certain situations he can be really... I mean, he was great in those middle two games. And he's super skilled, but I think that his flaws um, really hurt this team in terms of not being able to rebound very well, being a black hole on offense and still looking, you know, quite um, confused in pick and roll, both pick and roll coverages they play. So um, for Nas Reed, if it was me, I would have, I would have probably a nine man rotation to begin the, begin the season. And if the 10th player, you may, maybe you can spare Nas, you know, like eight minutes a game, because I just don't know if if they want to stagger uh, Rudy and Carl, 
I just don't know how many other minutes there is, or what yeah, what the point of what giving someone well. three or four <laughs> minutes a night would be, rather than giving it to Bryn Forbes and playing small for three or four minutes a night. You know, like p- pushing Jalen yep. Noel up to up to the small forward for five minutes a night. Like that seems like the better option for me if you're going to add a tenth guy in there. Yeah, my take on Nas is pretty similar. Like he he played lights out. He was excellent for a couple of games there. Again, against players that he should be excellent against. We've seen that before. He when he's playing. I mean, he did go pretty well against Anthony Davis and the Lakers. Like, that was cool. I mean, yeah, that was The Lakers cool. are weird as hell, but who knows about that. But yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like, if they're committed like they seem to playing Towns or Gobert at the center for all 48 minutes, where does Nas fit? And then there's Kyle Anderson, like you mentioned. Like, I'm pretty much in the same exact boat. I'm, I mean, you, a lot of people just be like, move him to power forward, but if you don't think Cat can defend the perimeter, I don't want to see Nas Reed defending the perimeter much. Right. No thanks. Exactly. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that seems like hell, so... And I'm, I'm a fan of Cat on the perimeter for the most part, like, with Gobert down there. But for Nas Reed, no. No thank you. So, in the same boat, Nas Reed, like, winner for the preseason because he played really well. Like, his stock certainly went up just because at the beginning, I think it was, he was the odd man out for sure. He still mm-hmm. might be, but he's Well, I had, yeah, I had Well, I had him as a loser just because I think that it's it would feel like a loss for him to have played That's pretty fair. well in the in the preseason and still not I think be guaranteed any more minutes than he was uh at the start of the preseason and maybe he he won't even get any any run at all in the first game I mean he I mean if they're blowing teams out in those first seven games I'm sure he might get 10 minutes or 15 minutes a night but I think when the whips start cracking and it's like a stretch against Phoenix Milwaukee Boston Golden State like I don't see him getting minutes in those games because the times where you don't have Cat or Rudy on the floor, you're probably going to try and go small just for a few minutes to match those teams who are going small against you. And who knows, maybe those teams are destroying you with their small ball, you know, lineups. And that's Kyle Anderson or that's Jaden McDaniels yeah. even. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to, I don't know if we're moving, I don't want to move on to the losers too quickly, but <laughs> like sure. that's, I had, I had Nas there, not because he didn't play well, because I think he really did play well, but just because, playing well and not making any indentation into your potential uh, minutes load in the regular season, I think would feel like a loss. And I kind of feel bad, you know, for okay. for him because he, he, he obviously, he gets better every season. That's undeniable. Like he's an NBA player. Like he's a rotational oh, he's, player he's for, sure. for sure. And I mean, he would start on the Thunder right now and they'd win yep. five more games probably because of him. Like he's, yep. he is a good player. He just yep. on this team, I don't, I didn't see the fit. I kind of saw the fit last year. And I don't see it at all this year. And that's kind of where I'm at. And that's why I feel like he's a preseason loser because um, it's just a tough situation to be in, especially in a contract year. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's kind of the thing for me why he might even be a winner. Like, contract year, he certainly rose his stock. Like, teams are teams are calling yeah. for Nas Reed, I think. So. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He won't, he I can, mean, he's not he's yeah. not going to be sitting in the free agent pool next season with no one uh, no, you know, call, certainly calling not. his phone. Yeah, so the Wolves might even just move him for a couple seconds or something, try to do yeah. that. But, I mean, yeah, expiring contract did make sense, so we may be seeing our last of Nas Reed. And Jake is jumping on his roof celebrating because not now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put me kidding, in that, yeah. all right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, right. you know, give, give me 10 games in the season. If he's in the rotation, I might, I might be celebrating if he's gone. <laughs> all right, fair enough. And then you said you wanted to stay on the winners a bit longer, so who's no, your that's No, I've oh. got all the winners because I had Jordan McLaughlin as my other one. So, gotcha. you know, they were the three that, that jumped out to me off the yeah. bat. I guess just like, I mean, 
yeah, I mean, McDaniels played well, but we knew he was gonna. Like, there wasn't... Starting lineup, just like the losers, there's not one that really stuck yeah. out as a big winner, but... Yeah, I guess maybe bench you, who players. Who have you got for a loser? Who, who jumped out at you? I mean, it's hard. Uh, again, no one's really jumped out, but, like, what would you find? The main one... I, I've got a couple that really, for me, but I guess the rookies, more and my not, they didn't exactly play bad, but they there's no chance they're getting any sort of rotational look right I mean, now. They didn't play and, at all. And that's right, the they, they didn't play with any of the main rotational guys. Like, they played in the last five minutes with, you know, Eric Pascal and Luca Garza. So they're not getting any time. Like, they're going to be great. They're going to be great for the Iowa Wolves, which is awesome. That's a great role for them to have. But in terms of what we're defining as preseason losers here, Wendell Moore, Josh Minot, just based on them not playing. Like, Wendell Moore might be a nice two-way player in a year or so. Josh Minot, athletic. I mean, he can come in and jump around, grab a few rebounds, but yeah. they're not playing for this Timberwolves team for quite a while, and that's not a bad thing. But in terms of losers for this, yeah, they made that list. Yeah, I mean, if it's the same kind of reasoning that I was giving, into, giving to Nas Reed, yep. it's that in, in preseason is your chance to stake a claim to play more minutes or to play any minutes or to, you know, move one or two spots up in the pecking order. And I think that both of those guys started at the bottom of the pecking order and stayed there at, at the end of the season, uh, at the end of the preseason. So, again, that's not a bad thing. I think it would probably be a bad thing if two rookies were in line to play rotation yes. minutes for a team that wants to win 50 games. So uh, it's a luxury to have, to have two guys who I think everyone is pretty excited about or at least sees the potential in and it's too early to make any any judgment calls on them. So a, a year in Iowa will do them good um, and they should end up good players and better players because they probably didn't have to come into a team and, you know, play in big minutes and expose them their flaws in in big minutes and big games, which I think would happen if you had to play them against those teams I spoke about before, the Phoenix, Golden yeah. State, you know, all these Western Conference heavyweights, you don't want Wendell Moore making mistakes and Josh Minot making mistakes on the big stage. So excited for them as players. I think that they're probably, though, leaving um, preseason a little down on, on how little burn they got yeah. and how little the, their stock rose within the organization. Yeah, I mean, Josh Minot, Summer League, like, Coming off that to the preseason, bit of a drastic change, and of course, summer league not a great indicator. But I only really it's a have... good. It shows the difference between NBA exactly. and summer league a lot because exactly. even preseason's not NBA. That's <clears throat> yep. like you know a step below that, and they just looked so much more lost, just, you know, yeah. compared to, to summer league. Not good. Yeah, for losers, I guess I only had really one more. But let's see. Do you have the who's your main loser on your list? Um, I had, again, this is cheating, but Jaden McDaniels fouling. Um, oh, sure. Okay. I, obviously, I love Jaden McDaniels, and I think mm-hmm. that he's going to be really good. But, I mean, he just can't... He gets called for fouls. I don't want to sound like a homer, but he gets called for fouls that other people don't get called for. Yes. Um, there was, I mean, the last night in the Brooklyn game, there was he definitely fouled multiple jump shooters. I don't think any of those were really questionable. They were more just silly decisions from him, but... Like, there was one in the corner where he kind of, Durant just ran into him and he was standing still and Durant <laughs> just fell. You know, like, that's the stuff that yeah. other people might might get away with 50% of the time and McDaniels gets away with 0% of the time. Um, and it's, 
it's not a huge issue, but it kind of is an issue because, again, if you're relying on Anthony Edwards to take the number one option every night because Jay McDaniels has three fouls in eight minutes, um, then everyone is is defending up a notch where maybe they're not they're not you know capable of defending that high. I don't know if Anthony Edwards can guard Kevin Durant in a regular season game for thirty minutes a night. I don't know if he can do that for LeBron, like, and be the Anthony Edwards that the team needs him to be offensively. So, I mean, McDaniel's, I don't know, you know, I can't sit here and try and diagnose the problem and and give a solution because I don't know what the solution is except just don't fail. Um, But but that's what they need is for him to just not have three fouls at halftime in 40% of the games. Like, it needs to be more like 20% if at most, you know. And last night he had five, I think, in... 20 minutes. Um, he had he has nine, he had 19 for the preseason in five games. So, I, I mean, that's about at the rate that he was at last season, which was like top 10 in the league, maybe top five in the league in, in personal fouls per night. So, yeah, it was bad. Especially I mean, for how many minutes he'd play, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And now you're expecting him to play more minutes. Like, we're all mm-hmm. expecting him probably mm-hmm. to play 33 minutes a night. Um, you can't get 33 minutes a night if you foul like a madman. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, that's that's where I'm at with him. I'm concerned because, I, again, I do think that he gets a really tough whistle. Like, I don't know if it's just because he, his limbs are so big and that just always kind of seems like I think they're really obvious to see when he's reaching in. It's, he doesn't have little short arms that, you know, <laughs> people can, you can get away with. They're so long. So Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I don't know what it is, but he'll need to figure it out and probably quick if this team wants to kind of maximize its pre its regular season potential you, you want Jade mcdaniels playing the, those 33 35 minutes a night and to do that he needs to not foul yeah absolutely my thing on mcdaniels is like this is just a huge year for him it goes from hey your potential is sky high to like okay it's your third year time to prove why the timberwolves oh, kept yeah. you instead yeah. of everything else in this jazz deal <laughs> he's gotta be i mean he's gotta be really good as this the fifth starter like just small forward best wing defender on the team like he's got to prove it he's got to be able to not foul the wolves are like really relying on this guy in a season where they're expected to win 50 plus games like huge year for jade mcdaniels and the fouling well i mean that's obviously got to be cut down you've said everything else pretty much on the whole subject but if he wants to be and if the wolves want him to be as good as he can be fouling's got to stop and that was absolutely a big concern so Definitely. I mean, it's weird too because he would be just on the cusp, I think, of my winners in terms of everything else. I mean, I think he's yeah, been he awesome, did look good, mm-hmm. but just you know, when I'm thinking, and I, again, I was playing, you know, going into the weeds for losers. So when I was thinking of things that bothered me throughout the preseason, um, <clears throat> that was certainly one of them. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's definitely a good take. All right, I guess my other really main one, and this might even be unfair, but Austin Rivers was in my losers been just 
I mean, he was he kind of came in and was exactly what I expected him to be, while everyone else, like McLaughlin, Forbes, Noel, all the other wings that are tied or ahead of him, really took a mm-hmm. significant step up. Rivers came in, and I just was not impressed at all. Offensively, he's just, he's not going to shoot it. He just seems so hesitant to shoot. Someone pointed out his three-point percentage, but he's not shooting. Like, he just refused to shoot threes. He, I did not love him getting to the rim at all. The defense, sure, it's fine, but, like, I don't see where Rivers fits here at all. He did not take a significant jump, in my opinion, this preseason. Just don't see a role for him here. He wants to play as much as anybody. Like, he's got a great mindset, but preseason, everyone else took a very big step forward in my in my mind, while Rivers just kind of was stagnant. Just was not impressed with him, especially on the offensive end. So, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree on all the points there. I think... The shooting point is a really good one that he he <clears throat> his shot selection was like a guy who's used to playing with Nikola Jokic, and that <laughs> means that you get open. Th- uh, that means that your threes in the corner are always going to be open because he manipulates yeah, like, the defense so well. He was but slightly open, those, just wouldn't wouldn't shoot. I was just like, what yeah, are you doing? and then now and like this is the time I feel like yeah, to prove yep. that you can hit the semi-contested threes. And this team, I think, as I said before, I think um this team might need someone like that, like. Um, mm-hmm. I think his defense was okay, but I don't think his defense was any better than, say, Josh Okoji. And, yeah. you know, if if your offense is probably slightly higher, but around Josh Okoji levels, then you have to be better on defense than him. And Josh Okoji is <laughs> really, really good on defense and couldn't get a minute. Chris Finch tried with him multiple times, tried with him, but uh, it, it always hit a, hit a brick wall because of Okoji's offensive um you know pitfalls so i i don't think i'm not saying that they they are the same player but if i think right. that i get the same thing finch, though. i made the same comparison i know what you mean yeah i think i think his finch is i think he's inclined to offense you know if it's if he has to choose between one i think he chooses between he chooses the guy who can shoot and who can pass and who can dribble over the guy who can play really good defense and he trusts that his team will work it out with scheme and with aggressiveness defensively like they did last season. Um, so in my mind, you're probably choosing between him and Brim Forbes as, as a guy who would come in and play spot minutes, you know, in a guard position or in a mm-hmm. um, three guard lineup. Um, and I think Brim Forbes right now would definitely be playing over, over, not over Austin Rivers. Right. So um, yeah, I guess that's, um, that's yeah. I don't have him down, but it's a, I think it's yeah. It's an obvious one. When now that you've said it, it's. Uh, I mean, he he definitely he probably did himself. He was probably the only guy who maybe did himself more harm than yep. good, and didn't j- didn't just stay where they were in the rotation, but probably got knocked yeah. down a peg because other guys played better than him who were below yep. him. Not like he was terrible, but it's just that Forbes no, and Noel yeah. and everyone was just they they, they were impressive. Uh, Rivers again yeah. it was just like okay, Austin Rivers is in the game like. I don't really care by the third game. Like, I just didn't have any hope. And first couple, I mean, it was just, he was, I think, one of the first guys off the bench to get into the game pretty early on, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, just, I think, again, I think Finch impressed. wants to like him. Yeah. Like yeah. He, no, that's fair. It's the same as Jordan McLaughlin last year, where at the start of the season, I think we were all kind of screaming out that McLaughlin probably shouldn't be in the rotation anymore because he was, <laughs> he was awful for about 20 games to start of the season. And, right. Finch eventually, obviously, I think dropped him from the rotation for a little bit, but went back to him, stuck with him for those whole 20 games, like 
I think to a lesser degree, Rivers is like that, where Finch probably sees it in practice, knows what he's been, what he's about, has guys that he trusts that tell him the things that Rivers does are really good, um, but just hasn't seen it on the court so far. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely stock down for him. Absolutely. That's my main, I guess, guy on my list. Do you have anything else you want to go over? No, I just no, I just had two as well. I didn't want to bag on the Wolves too much. I mean, they went four, <laughs> they went four and one, and yeah, they you sure. know blew out. They blew out pretty much every team except for that last game. So I think overall that it's it's unfair to to knock too many guys. I thought most guys were pretty damn good. Yeah, I'm with you, and that's a great thing. Like maybe we're just optimistic. I don't think so. I think we're I think we're right, and I've never been yeah. wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Do you want to do award predictions? You still got time? Yeah. 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 Let's right, cool. let's smash out a few before we, before we get out of here. All right. Cool. We have these MVP. Are, I'm excited. I'm excited to do these. I, me too. I was thinking about it. Well, I saw Zach Lowe do it, and I was like, "Hey, we could do that just for the yeah. Wolves." But yeah. we got MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. Ooh, I wonder who that'll be. Most Improved <laughs> Bench Player instead of Sixth Man, just because it opens it up a bit more. Most improved overall. Did I have? Uh, is that wrong? Most imp- oh, most important bench. I read that wrong. Yes. Then most yeah. improved player, <laughs> and most surprising up and comer, or just most surprising. These are not very fleshed out, but <laughs> either way, no, you'll these understand were, these them were as made we go. Three minutes before we started recording, <laughs> so you know you'll have to forgive us for the, the lack of <laughs> innovation on these. I think it'll be fun though. We'll start with MVP, and to me, there's. Three, maybe a D'Lo Twitter stand could argue four candidates <laughs> here for the MVP. But it's Towns, Edwards, Gobert in terms of, in my opinion, who the three candidates are. Do you have any uh, have any problems with that? Are you a D'Lo guy? No, I know. I think so. No, I think they're pretty obvious, those three. Right, and, cool. and kind of hard to choose from as well. Yeah. Like, if you, you know, depending on what um, thing Define you MVP. value most. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, who do you have? I want to know who you have. So... For me, Anthony Edwards is third. Um, then I have to choose between, do I like the guy, Rudy Gobert, who's going to provide more to winning, or the guy who's going to score 25 points a game, Carl Anthony Towns. And I do, I ultimately do go, I lean Carl Anthony Towns on this. I think Gobert, again, probably going to help the most with winning defensively and screen setting and everything. He does extremely well. But in terms of most valuable player, I think if you take Towns off the floor, if you take Towns out... It's just tough. It's tough to tough to make up for how just much of an offensive superstar weapon he really is. We saw it with his shooting. I think he's going to have a career year shooting in terms of just how many threes per game he's going to be taking. The drives to the rim. I mean, he's not in his best shape right now, but they they do look good. They looked good last year. The mm-hmm. uh, pump fake and go. He looks good. Carl Anthony Towns on the offensive side is one of the best offensive weapons in the entire league. So. For me, he's my MVP. It is a tough choice just because I know how good Gobert is going to be and how much he's just going to provide. Like, I'm going to be the biggest screen assist guy in the whole world this oh, year. It's going to be just so obnoxious. Yep. I'm like yep. writing it in my game notes, like screen assist, Gobert, oh. 10 minutes left in the second quarter. And I'm like, <laughs> I, dude, I'm such a nerd. I used to bag on these Utah Jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they so right. cool, that, though. They yep. were right the whole time. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. He'll have a million. I'm going to love them all. But Towns is still my pick for MVP. And I mean, if any Wolf wins the MVP just overall, it's going to be Towns. So do you have the same pick or are you? Yeah, no, nah, I have the same pick. I wish I could tell you that, um, you know, I wasn't being boring and going the same. But I just think <laughs> last night, last night, even obviously it wasn't the optimized yeah. version of what we'd like to see. But 
that's I think you could see that Towns is the the straw that stirs that drink. Um, it doesn't work to the level. I mean, obviously Joe Bear brings that winning. You know, he raises that ceiling immensely, but the ceiling isn't even there if Towns isn't next to Gobert. I mean, if you put just D'Lo and Gobert, they're going to probably work well together and they're probably going to win 42 games. And, you know, you put Anthony Edwards and Gobert together, they, they'll they probably be explosive and they're probably going to win 44 games. Um, but you have Talented Towns in there who's the unicorn, you know, the guy that you can't replicate with yeah. a bench player or a guy of, of kind of similar ilk that's a little bit worse overall. And now you can win 53 games with Towns. And I think that's, um, while Towns might not be driving all that winning because maybe it's Gobert who's, you know, raising that ceiling. Towns is the floor, if that makes sense. Uh, and Gobert yes. is the ceiling. So um, I just think that he'll be awesome this year. I mean, I spoke about it in my podcast last night. I think he's going to be like a big wing for the season, which is the first time right. last night when I was watching it that I kind of looked at him that way, that like he's not just a center playing power forward. I think he might be like an oversized small forward. And I think he'll average five plus assists a game. He's already got six in the first game, seven in seven last night. Probably should have had a few more last night. Um, I think he's going to dribble the ball a lot. I think he's going to create for himself a lot. I think he's, like you said, which is a good point, if the Timberwolves won 60 games, Towns would probably win MVP. Or he'd be the guy who's if, yeah, if the Wolves got in the top, MVP. yeah, in the top five for the MVP. Because if you win sixty games, like Booker, I think came third or fourth last season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that'll be Towns this season because although it maybe maybe he doesn't do the dirty work that deserves more praise, like Gobert, people just don't do what he does. If he scores twenty six points a game and shoots forty percent from three and has you know nine rebounds and six assists. Like that's a full blown superstar. If they win fifty five games, yeah, sure. like that's an M- that's an MVP season, and that's that doesn't feel unrealistic. The game winning fifty five games is probably the most unrealistic part of that, and that doesn't seem like a massive stretch of the imagination. So, I mean, I'm trying not to talk myself right now into Towns actually winning <laughs> MVP, <laughs> but you know, like I think that. If you look at it at the end of the season and you have to pick an MVP, I think he'd probably be the obvious one, the way they, they choose MVP around the league. Right. Yep. Yep. That's kind of what I was going off as well. Like if it was based off who, I don't know, provided the most to winning games, maybe Gobert, but yeah, it but is. Then he yeah. probably could have won it twice for exactly. Utah when they yep, were the, exactly. the one seed. So um, maybe the MVP in our hearts, Gobert, but the MVP <laughs> in our minds, <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. And just to totally, inter- do you see my face just like changing colors? I've got the Mariners game on. They won't yeah, end I, the I, damn game, dude. I thought you might be watching a game or something because <laughs> it's, it's like in like flashing. the 16th inning. Like I'm just trying to turn it off, but they won't. I can't turn it off now. But whatever. It's like <laughs> a commercial going. My face like red, white, blue. It's like oh my god, that's gotta be terrible. But so I got I'm, you've got a flashing face. I've got this tonsillitis voice that's like <laughs> coming and going. Um, yeah, this is this is high quality podcasting. Folks. Hey, it's it's great, it's great. Yeah, we're talking MVPs here, but we'll move on. We'll move on to DPOI Defensive Player of the Year, which I mean, there's an obvious answer, but we can still talk about it a bit. The candidates would be Gobert, McDaniel's, Kyle Anderson, Anthony Edwards, Dark Horse. I guess you have the yeah, same yeah. same group there. Yeah, I'd say that's the the quartet. But again, probably I'd say you're leaning towards Gobert. I mean. If the Timberwolves right. 
unless the Timberwolves are worse defensively than they were last season, which they could be, like if this all goes awry. Yeah. Um, if they're a top ten defense, which I expect them to be, they were thirteenth last year, I think. So, you know, if Joe Bear can pump them up three spots and just be Rudy Joe Bear, then he might win Defensive Player of the Year right. for the league. So, <laughs> I, I mean, it's hard to go past him. I don't think you can really put McDaniel's who would be the next, you know, the closest guy, but I think a pretty distant second um, to a perennial defensive player of the year, maybe the one of the best rim protectors ever. So easy one for me there. I mean, the guys won it three times, like, league-wide. We're talking team yeah, yeah. scale here now. And then, you know, McDaniels, who's... The potential's great, and we've seen it. He's a really good defender, but, like, we just spent 10 minutes talking about how he can't stop fouling. So, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Rudy Gobert with no real hesitation. Anderson will be good. He's going to be really solid. Edwards will be fun, going to lock down some guys' highlight plays, but it's Rudy Gobert. So we yeah. both agree there. Most important bench player. I'll let you start this one because I'm in- intrigued by your answer, and I started the first two. So most important well, bench player. I think I've kind of already answered this earlier. Is I think it'll be Kyle Anderson, and I think it will be Kyle Anderson pretty comfortably. I mean, again, if you're using the logic like we use with the Towns Gobert MVP, it might be... Jalen Noel, because he's probably going to have better numbers. I think he'll average, you know, in the early to mid-teens a game in points. Um, probably going to shoot the ball really well, Noel. Probably going to have a lot of exciting plays and have games where he might score 30 <coughs> points on some nights, you know, like in a in a Lou Will type of role. Sure. But, you know, breaking that logic, my brain tells me that Kyle Anderson's going to be way more important, going to play him <laughs> way more lineups, going to impact winning way more um and for that i think off the bench versatility like versatility comes into my mind a lot here is that kyle anderson can probably play three positions with nine other players on the roster i don't think there's anyone on the that you can't put on the court next to kyle anderson um and jalen noel you know maybe there is guys whether you know whether it's delo or um and when he's playing bad defensively like maybe that's just not tenable defensively to have some guys alongside Noel. Um, so I'm going Kyle Anderson. And maybe maybe that's just because I'm a Kyle Anderson stand <laughs> because I truly am at this point. So I think he will be not the best stats guy, but the most important. Yeah, I mean, that's a good pick. It's probably my pick as well. I I mean, I, I Dark Horse want to talk about Jordan McLaughlin again just because I love the guy. But anytime, Noel... Anytime oh, we can talk yeah, about him, we should... <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love to do it for another 20 minutes, but again, just the way he's going to come in and just, you know, run the offense, change the pace. If things are going poorly, McLaughlin's the guy you put in, but so is Kyle Anderson, and Anderson's been yeah. doing it his entire career. So Eileen Anderson, that's why they brought him in to kind of be that bench guy. So I'm with you there as well. Most important bench player, I'm going Anderson with you. All right, most improved then. Canada's probably here. Well, Anthony Edwards is the favorite league-wide to take that. Same John Morant esque. Really? Yeah, like I think betting he's favorite. betting favorite. Yep, betting favorite is Anthony Edwards. Wow, that's. I mean, I hate that. I hate that third year. Guy, the third, you know, third year, year yeah. players, You know, it's the same John picks. Morant thing. It's yeah, the exact I don't same like thing. That, but I hope that he wins it because it's Anthony Edwards. So I mean, <laughs> I, might, I might put twenty bucks on it when we're finished here. <laughs> Hell yeah! But it's him, I guess, as a candidate. It's him, McDaniel's, Noel. Is that it? Uh, Any other? Yeah, probably. McLa- yeah, McLaughlin. Probably. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> throwing yeah. his name in there. <laughs> oh, cool. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's those three, and 
Would you yeah. go Anthony Edwards with the with the betting? No, nah, I'm I'm no, nah, I'm sticking to my morals, which is that I hate that okay, okay. logic. Um, <laughs> even though he probably will win it, lead wide. Oh, he will. You know, he will be in the top five probably lead wide if he does what we expect him to do. I'm gonna go with Noel because I think that's how the, the and most improved should work. Is that he's probably gonna average like five more points than he did last season. He's gonna play probably ten more minutes. He's probably gonna have a few more assists. Um, Overall, he's going to be be going probably from a eleventh man in a rotation at, to a sixth or seventh okay. man on a really good team. So, to me, that's how most improved should work. It should be a reason to celebrate guys kind of pulling themselves up from the mud rather than just going from star, star going to superstar. To, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, I'm going Noel. McDaniel's is a good pick as well. I just think that if you're comparing them, Noel probably will have the better stats. And I know I'm just jumping around here on the logic that I give these awards out to. But, awards are weird, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, Noel will have better stats. He'll have more improvement uh, statistically than than McDaniel's. McDaniel's might be the same player that he was last season, you know, statistically wise, because he's in a first unit that has a lot of stars. So. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to go with Noel, and I think the Timbers will be really good if that's the case. If Noel is their most improved player, that would be a really good sign. Yeah, I mean, for sure. The Anthony Edwards side, like, is if he even takes a marginal leap, he'll become a top he, 15 yeah. player in the league. So, like, yeah. that'll push him there to winning I get it, it, which would be great. I get why they I get do it, it yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I just, I think it's but, dumb. yeah, the amount he has to improve to win the award is so little. Like, he was, what, yeah. a 22 point per game? I don't remember exactly, but he was he was great last year. Like, he was almost an all-star, so cool. If he wins it, that's great. I hope he does. He probably will. For me, it's, I mean, Noel, maybe. Um, I'm concerned with him not getting as much playing time as we think, but I, th- I don't know. Yeah, He's going to have a weird I mean, start. Yeah, Finch has him on a short leash. Always yeah, has. always has. So right? I, always has. Yeah, so I, I can see that him getting you know knocked down the pecking order if things don't go very well early. I'd go Jaden just because we know he's gonna be in that starting role. He's, I mean, he's gonna get open looks. He's gonna yeah, we have a prominent defensive role, and he's gonna have the best paint defender backing him up. So he's gonna have freedom to be more aggressive on defense, offensively. He's, I mean, to be honest, he's got to shoot really well from three. He's going to get a lot of open looks from three. Cannot shoot 32, 33% again. That was bad. Got to shoot, I mean, 38% is probably pushing it, but just get back to his 36% from rookie year. Yeah. Cool, yeah. but that's going to be huge. If he doesn't shoot well from three, he might just even... you think there's any chance he gets pushed out of the starting rotation at any point? Uh, no, I can't. I mean, I think it would have to, have to be pretty drastic a drastic like yeah. downfall just because his yeah. defense is good either way yep if you like who we, I, I think you could bring in kyle anderson but he can't shoot either yeah like, he's, exactly if it is enough to be someone who like, Tor- shoots Tor- well Tor- and Prince. plays good defense like i Tor- guess but... probably doesn't play good enough defense you know yeah. like i think you need jade mcdaniels's defense out there unless anthony edwards takes like a super mega defensively <laughs> you know but i right. i and I, I, I think he'd have to be shooting like 25 percent from three consistently you know so i think it's a good pick because it's more logical that he plays 33 I mean, yeah. minutes i'm a big noel fan but chris finch just doesn't seem to be as big of a noel fan as me so yeah, yeah. it is weird at times like i'll get be doing my live streams after the game and every comment is like where is Jalen noel it's like i don't yeah. know you know I, he's I don't got know, a cult but... following i, I like I, it 
It's better than he's the. A bowl, I gotta he's stop. He's a bowler. He's a pure yeah. Hooper. Yeah, he's great. He's fun. It's a lot more fun. The Twitter group is better than that D-Lo group. Like, don't mean to hate on them because they will come for me. But yeah, <laughs> we're once we get an hour in, nobody's listening at this point, so I can trash all yeah. over the D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were coming for me this morning because I was po- pointing out some bad rotations <laughs> that he had on defense last night. Well, because um, the whole the whole world was coming for Towns on that on that one the one viral uh, clip. Oh god, I, I saw I you address was, that I too. I thought he was really good defensively yeah. actually last night. I thought he was good on Simmons. He had multiple possessions on on KD where he shuffled his feet with KD, which is I mean KD was bad in the second half and Cat was guarding him for most of the second half, so like. But he had that one clip where he was running funny, so the league went with it, and yeah, yeah. every I NBA mean, account was like, "Wolves suck." Just like, that's Shut just up. um, that's like I said at the start, the very start. You put you put Gobert and Towns on a team, and yep. the national media are going to come for them in any way they can. So I don't normally like to address things like that on Twitter because I don't <laughs> care enough. Yeah, um, that's but fair. it just annoys it annoys me because that's what they did all last season. They just played, lazy, he did, lazy. He did that. He played that defense all of last season, and they were pretty yes. good defensively. So if it was something different, and it was just him getting like cooked on the perimeter, then I'd be like, yeah, that's. Or if it was even defense. like three clips instead of just one for yeah, everybody yeah. that everyone had the same clip. Whatever. If I had the time, I'd go and clip all the good things he did. Yeah. But I don't. Care. I don't care enough to do it. <laughs> right. Nobody would care. Anymore. Yeah, you're wrong. You're no. wrong. So it is. Yeah, what it I'd is. probably get like five likes on Twitter, yeah. and then I wasted an hour <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we got one more award here. It's it's a really loose one. Like if you thought we were loose with the rules on the first four, wait till you hear this one. Most surprising upcomer. It's just kind of so. It's like most improved, but. <laughs> to also get other guys involved. I don't know. Yeah, but... I don't even know what the criteria <laughs> is for this one. I just gotta pick it's, a player out of a hat. It's like a guy that entering the season is at the back of, of the, the rotation. rotation. Yeah, 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 or like, you know. All right, so I, I don't you, know. Who do you have then? I've got Bryn Forbes. I think he's going... I don't think the yeah. Wolves have the shooting to keep him out of the rotation consistently. I don't think he's going to be in it consistently, but I think, again, the Wolves just don't have the shooting on the bench, really, and the whole rotation. Like, they got Noel, Prince, but they can both be inconsistent. Anderson, he's really good. Well, Anderson's good from the corner, but otherwise, don't trust him shooting three. Nas Reed, again, probably not going to play much. Uh, McLaughlin, got to see it in a more consistent basis. And I think Bryn Forbes, like, he's just proven it. He's going to come in. He's going to shoot 39-40% from three, and that's going to get him minutes. He's going to come in and score. And right now, like we mentioned, he's not really in the rotation. So he's my winner for this made-up award. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll be thrilled right now listening at home <laughs> that he was able to claim this award. Uh, I would give it to him as well. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, we've talked about him already, and I think you made all the points there. I'll do a deep a deep cut dark horse uh, is Nate Knight after, if Nas Reed gets traded. So if okay. Nas Reed does, you know, I think you said earlier that you could see him getting moved for a couple of seconds, which I think would probably be uh, best for both parties if he's not in the rotation early on. Um, and then Nate Knight comes and takes, though, that maybe eight minutes a game that he might have been getting, you know, or 10 yeah, minutes yeah. or the, the nights where, you know, Towns or Gobert aren't playing or one of them's in foul trouble. So, I mean, he's not going to win this award. He's not going to be in the rotation. But, I mean, if you're looking for a guy who might play double we the minutes that he about. played last season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
than Nate Knight, who I thought was great in the preseason too. Yeah. Actually, I thought he was much better. I don't. I haven't really been a huge Nate Knight fan either last season. I mean, he's fun, but just right. as a player, like who's who you want to see play every night. But I think he looked way better this preseason than he did last season. And yeah, and he's got a guaranteed contract. Like he's going to be around. Yeah, and he just like hates rims. Like he just like destroys. He just wants to <laughs> yeah. dunk everything. He's just angry on the floor. I love he's just that. Angry. Like, yeah, I just That's love good. that shit. Right. So, um, Nate Knight, Your pick relies on a guy getting eight minutes after another player is traded. I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a made up award, so I, I know, I know, up, it's fun. Made up logic to give it out, but I think no, I think Bryn Forbes is the easy answer there. Right. All right. Yeah, so I guess that's all of our award predictions, and you know, it's just loose logic. A lot of fun. It was, it was fun. I think we that nailed fun, it all. Yeah. So we yeah. got I mean, it. That's about yeah, yeah. That'll all come true. So <laughs> well, we haven't been wrong. We haven't been wrong yet. We haven't. So been. I don't foresee it happening now. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right, Jake. Though I appreciate it. I'm, this is going up on yours as well. So thanks for having yeah. me on as well. Good <laughs> well, stuff. Thanks for, for those listening thanks on Jake. Allowing me to plagiarize you and put it on my own i appreciate it it's 50 50 you know but yeah if you're on jake's uh, find me on youtube timberwolves daily uh, live after every single game hell of a grind but it's a lot of fun find me there jake thanks a ton for coming on man thank you thank you so much man absolutely Uh